welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. I'm going to be sharing a little bit about this morning and that is being transformed, about transformation. And the Bible says that we are transformed by Christ into a new creation. Trouble is sometimes we don't realize it. And we don't realize that as Christians we've been transformed into champions. But sometimes we don't understand it. So this morning I'm speaking on releasing the champion within you. So you're all champions this morning. Okay, 1 Peter 1.18 For you know that God paid a ransom to save you. God paid a ransom to save you from, from the empty life. You were saved from the empty life. And he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, and he did this for you. What did he did do for you? He saved you from the empty life. Now, there are a lot of people who believe that to live a Christian life is to live an empty, boring life. But the reality is, the truth is, that living the Christian life results in transformation, and that is exciting transformation. So Jesus Christ's purpose for our lives is that we be transformed by his Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of Christ, transformed into living champions. What breakfast food is the food or the breakfast of champions? Anyone remember? Wheat Bix, Nutrigrain. I think it was Nutrigrain, wasn't it? Is the breakfast of champions? Or was it Kellogg's cornflakes? Oh, well, I think it's up to ch- personal choice, isn't it? But breakfast is a figurative um, speech because breakfast is meant to what? Wake you up, to help you learn, put minerals into the brain that helps your brain function better, to make you strong and to make you successful. But the real breakfast of real champions is actually Jesus. And when I became a Christ follower, Jesus woke me up. And Jesus taught me how to make life work. And Jesus strengthened me and made me a success. Now, most people would love to be a champion. But they don't know how or where to begin. And they think for them it's an impossible dream to ever be a champion. And the sad thing is that maybe 50%, maybe 75% of Christian people don't understand that they are actually champions and that God's plan for them is to be a to be a champion so because many people think that it's an impossible dream for them they try to be associated with champions 
because to be associated with a champion makes you feel special and worthwhile by association. But the truth is we don't need to ride on other people's coattails. We don't need to ride on the coattails of a champion when we understand we are champions. We are champions. You may be a champion, a latent champion, but you're a champion. And you may not be living out the life of a champion because you don't understand that you have everything you need to be a champion. Okay? So we can become a champion in our own right. So every person's called to that. Every Christian is called to be a champion. And the greatest champions fulfill their destiny by following, learning, being strengthened by the champion of champions, Jesus Christ. So the champion of champions longs to teach you how to be a champion and empower you to be the champion that he's planned for you to be. Now, every Christian is called, every Christ follower is called to be a champion in training. Now, who's seen the movie, The Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Anyone seen The Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Not many, I can't believe. Oh, a few have. Yeah, my, my kids, um, you know, love those sorts of movies. And so we ended up seeing The Diary of a Wimpy Kid. But guess what? As I watched the movie, The Diary of a Wimpy Kid, I realized that was my story. Throughout primary school and high school, I was known as the wimpy kid, the nerd. You know, the nerd. I had no friends. I had no social life. I failed at everything. I failed at kindergarten. I failed at year t- at grade two. I failed in year 10. I failed in year 11. I just failed, failed, failed. I failed in sport. Yeah, I failed at sports. Everything I did, I failed at. I was introverted. I was shy. I was controlled by inferiority. Had no confidence. Um, I shared last week I was suicidal. I was drinking, uh, toing home, drunk at night, at daybreak. My mum would call out from the bedroom as I walked past. Raymond, she'd say, I wish you wouldn't live like this. God has told me you're going to be a pastor one day. And I say, oh, you silly old woman. Um, But here I am. But at 21 years of age, I was introduced to Jesus Christ. And through through becoming a Christ follower, I discovered how to become a champion. A person living beyond the normal a person living in the supernatural and a person knowing how to succeed in life through being trained, taught by Jesus Christ, my Saviour. So how do you become a champion? It's very simple, really, and you may not even realise that, that you are a champion right now and you are living the life of a champion. And if you think that living a life of a champion <coughs> is beyond you, let me tell you how you can live the life of a champion. Human beings are champions 
when they are doing what they were born and gifted and designed to do. And when we are doing what we were born and gifted and designed to do, that is when we are at our very best. The thing is we'll never be at our very best until we discover what we were born to do and and really we could put it into two two sentences really two short sentences loving god and loving people you know we were all born to love god and love people so let's expand on that <clears throat> when we are doing what we were born to do that is when we are at our best And when we are living at our best, that is when we are champions. So when are you, when am I at our best, at my best? When we are reaching out to others and expressing our love and tenderness and kindness to others and responding to them lovingly. Now Christ, the the Bible says Jesus has shed his love of has shed his love abroad in our hearts by his Holy Spirit. And so we have the power, the ability to be the champions that God wants us to be and designed us to be. So we are at our very best when we are expressing love, care to family, friends and to people in our life. And the Bible says, love one another and fulfill the law of love. And so when our family arranges holidays together and we cram into a houseboat and, or we um, hire a, a holiday house or we go on a camping trip together, we experience family life at its very best. I believe that my wife and I are living at our very best when we have been deeply involved in the raising of our kids and joyfully raising up our sons and daughter to love, trust and obey God and to love and care for precious people, whether those people be good or bad. Robin and I are at our very best, living the lives of champions when we are treasuring each other and showing deep affection to each other. We are at our very best when we are honouring one another, valuing one another, supporting one another, relating to one another graciously and respectfully. We are living out our best when we are living out love with family and friends. And we are living the life of champions when we're filling up with God's love in his presence through reading his word and then spilling that love out to others, causing them to respond in amazing ways. I shared how we went to Port Hedland for two years, four years ago. And we went there just to love, really to love the community and to love people and to just share God's love in that really tough town to as many people as we could. And so we just would talk to God and ask him to make us just reflections of him and his love and 
share his love wherever we went. And, you know, like a couple of stories, I wanted to build a great big screen for the overhead projector. So I built a screen about five times the size of that one, but I needed these great big long timber beams. And there were none in Port Hedland, so we had to drive two and a half hours to Caratha, three hours. Anyway, a long way. Never been to Caratha in our lives. And I went into this timber store and I ordered the timber cut and I'm talking to the lady serving. She was a Maori lady. Her name was Lily. And I'm telling Lily about Jesus and what we're doing in um, Port Hedland and that I was building a screen and, and we just loved being in Port Hedland, you know, sharing God's love with... Anyway... The timber was loaded on my car and I was about to pay for it and my wife Robin came up and said, Ray, I I saw this wet, dry vacuum cleaner on special for $150. Can we get it for the church? And she brings it to the counter and I go, yes, no worries. The church can afford $150 for the vacuum cleaner. So I said to Lily, lovely Lily, I said, Lily, would you put the vacuum cleaner on the bill? She goes, no. I say, why not? Why don't you want to sell me the vacuum cleaner? And Lily goes, because I'm giving it to you. I go, Lily, you can't do that. She says, yes, I can. I say, you can't. She goes, I want to. I say, Lily, look, let me pay for it. She goes, no, you're not having it unless you let me give it to you. And I go, Lily, why would you do that? She said, Ray, it would make me feel good to give you the vacuum cleaner. You know, people know that you think they're special. People can feel when you value them. People can feel when you think that they, you know, are worthy of being loved. And so, dear Lily. And then we wanted to buy a chair uh, for our prayer room. And so I wanted a lounge chair, but the church was broke actually. It was in the red. When we went there, uh, the church was in the red, had no money. And so we went down to buy like a $100 chair for our prayer room. And anyway, we're looking at the chairs and along comes the owner. I've never met the owner before and we started talking to him and, and um, his name was Des and he runs the Emporium. The Emporium sells everything. It's like a museum almost. Uh, it's like camping gear and stationery and furniture and you name it, the Emporium's got it. Anyway, I'm talking to Des and, and he says, what do you want a lounge chair for? I go... I'm the new pastor down near Woolies. He goes, oh, I think I might have seen that church. And um, I said, so I'm looking to buy a cheap chair for our prayer room. He says, come down here. We go down the other end of the store, and there's this big recliner, big padded recliner. Have to be worth a minimum of 500 bucks, probably $1,000. Oh, it was a 2000 Anyway, it cost a lot. Um, and... I said, Des, I said, I can't afford that. And I went to grab the 
price tag. He says, don't you look at that price tag. I go, why not? He says, because I don't want you to. I said, but Des, I can't afford that lounge. He said, yes, you can. Don't look at the price tag. You can afford it. I go, I can't afford it, Des. I can only afford the cheap one. He goes, no, you can afford this. I said, how? He goes, because I'm giving it to you. Oh, I said, Des, you can't do that. He says, yes, I can. I own the store. Oh, I said, Des, please, let me pay for it. No. A couple of days later, big lounge chair turns up for the church. We wanted to put in a big um, video projector and we had to put in all new um, safety lights. What do you call them? Exit lights. They're all broken. And we had to put big floodlights on the front of the church because no one knew it was a church. And so I wanted to paint the front of the church white that faced the road and put, you know, church sign on there, you know, everybody welcome and stuff like that. And um, so I got a quote from an electrical company. The quote was $2,000 to put in, a video, put in a projector and fix up the exit signs and put on big floodlights down the front of the church. And I said to the guy, look, it's just um, normal practice to get another quote or two. So I said, do you mind if I get another quote, guys? No, not a, not a problem. So I get another guy in, another electrician. And um, his name was Cliff. So I'm talking to Cliff, and Cliff was from Ireland, and I loved his accent, and, you know, I got on well with Cliff. And anyway, uh, Cliff looked around and told him what I wanted, and I said, Cliff, um, can you give us a quote, please? He goes, no, not giving you a quote. I go, Cliff, what's the job too big? He goes, no, I'm not giving you a quote because I'm doing it for free. I said, Cliff, you can't do that. Cliff, you can't do that. He goes, but I want to. You can't. He says, yes, I can. I own the company. And so Cliff fixed all our projector, put it in, installed it. Cliff had a big ladder. And like because in the, I think the ceiling's taller in Port Hedland than in here. And this is reasonably tall. And um, had a big safety rail around it, big aluminium thing. And um, so, you know, Cliff and his workers brought in the, the big ladder to do the work in the ceiling and outside. And um, after they finished the job, I said, Cliff, can I borrow the ladder for a few days? And he goes, sure. I said, I just want to put new fluoros in the ceiling and I don't have a ladder big enough. He goes, oh, keep it as long as you like, Ray. I mean, it's a... It'd have to be a $2,000 ladder, a minimum of 1000 bucks. Those ladders are really expensive. And so anyway, I had it for a few days and I forgot to return it. Six months later, I said, Cliff, I apologise. I've still got your ladder. He said, can you still use it? I said, oh, yeah. He says, oh, keep it there. When I need it, I'll come for it. That was four years ago. <laughs> We've still got a $2,000 ladder. But I could go on and on. These, you know, these things just happened all the time because people can pick up when you love them and care for them and value them. But listen to this. 
you know, you might say, oh, that's but just because of your personality, Ray. Well, I don't have a personality other than what Jesus has given me in that until I was 21, no one talked to me and I talked to no one. I didn't have a friend. I was socially, I was quite socially injured and very socially damaged. So listen to this, Psalm 44 verse 3. It was not their own strength. See, it wasn't my own strength that caused the church to triple in in six months. It wasn't in their own strength that gave them victory. It was by your mighty power that they succeeded. It was because you favoured them and smiled on them. And God called people, caused people to favour us and smile on us because he favoured on us and smiled on us. And when God favours you and smiles on you, it just fills you with something that, that infects other people and touches their lives. And that comes from just spending time with Jesus, in his word, on your knees before him. And that's when we're at our best, when we are on our knees and in submission, worshipping and praying to God, confessing our weaknesses, just being honest. I am weak and I need your strength. Asking God to help us to be what we need to be and do what we're meant to be doing. Telling God that we want to be better clay so that he can mould us. This is one of my favourite um, verses that I pray regularly. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me, show me. And he shows me. And sometimes I feel thoroughly ashamed and of myself and I feel like a failure, but I know that as I ask God to forgive me and help me, he does and always has and always will. You know, no man, no woman stands taller in the eyes of God, a champion before God, when he or she is on her knees before him. You are at your very, very best. You are a champion in the eyes of God when you are on your knees before him, telling him that you need him, confessing your sins to him, pouring out your worship to him, just being with him in fellowship with him, talking to him, allowing him to talk to you, bringing your concerns to him for precious people in prayer. Uh, A young woman came into the Port Hedland Christian Church. She committed her life to Christ. Robin baptised her. She joined our youth leadership team. She just loved running the youth group with us. And she loved the teenage kids. And part of the reason was she wasn't able to have children of her own. After years and years of trying. She would have been about 30, 35, Hannah. And years and years of trying. And she came out in tears on a couple of Sunday mornings after the service and asked Robin and I to pray for her that she could get pregnant. So Robin and I made it our personal challenge to pray and believe for a miracle for her. And in February 2019, she had a beautiful little girl. A little baby girl was born. And we received a message on Instagram about two weeks ago to say that she's pregnant again. 
you know, that's when we're at our best, when we're praying for precious people to be blessed, to be healed, to be helped. You know, God sees us as a champion. And the truth is, who cares what anyone else thinks or sees? We live before an audience of one. And if we are a champion before God, we are really a champion before the most important person in the universe. Okay? You know, we are champions when we display character when no one else is looking. And so I constantly encourage people to live before an audience of one, whether they're outside in the spotlight or outside of the spotlight. So a person is at their best when displaying godly character, whether they're in the church or out of the church, whether people are looking or not looking. Human beings are at their best when they are others-centered and expressing generosity. Human beings are at their very best in those hidden unseen moments when kindness is extended to a stranger, even though no one will ever know about it and the favor won't be returned. Uh, two months ago, Robin and I were down at Victor Harbour. Whenever the weather's hot in Murray Bridge, we take the dog down to Victor Harbour and we go for a walk through the cool parklands. Last time we went, it was 40 in Murray Bridge and it was 25 and jumpers on in Victor Harbour. And so we were out walking our new dog that was given to us. It was an answer to prayer dog. Um, I wanted to get a dog. Oh, I won't tell that story. It's going to go too long. But anyway, I couldn't afford a $2,000 dog, so I prayed for one, and two weeks later I was given a $2,000 dog. And that dog has increased our opportunities to witness by like 200%, because everyone wants to come up and touch her and talk to um, pat her. <coughs> so anyway, we're walking the dog through the park, and this elderly lady was walking through the park. We are on the path. She was just off the path, sort of avoiding people. You could almost like she was sneaking through the park so she didn't get close to anyone. <coughs> Not on the park. And Robin spotted her, and she thought the same as me. There is a lonely lady, hurting, broken, lonely old lady. So Robin walks over starts chatting to her and I came over and as we talked about her we heard her very very sad story and that her partner had died from cancer not long before and she had just been diagnosed with probably incurable cancer as well. So we spent I would say at least a half an hour talking to this lonely lady and about every five or ten minutes she'd say thank you for talking to me I just want to thank you for talking to me and we you know we shared Christ with her and you know suggested that hey there's a lot of good churches in Victor and look it'd be really good for you to go visit some churches and we believe in you know God's healing power and you know, we prayed for a lady in our church who was diagnosed with terminal cancer. She was instantly healed, had no treatment, had had a two or three weeks to live and got, you know, so sharing stories like, go to church, you know. Now, whether she has or not, I don't know. But again, as we left and said goodbye, 
She said, I just want to thank you for talking to me. You know, no one saw us, but that afternoon we were champions to that lady. We were champions to her. You know, who knows what impact our love and care had on that woman's life. She might be going to church now. Two weeks ago, it was hot, we went down to Victor Harbour again. We were walking on the beach and a couple came towards us and the man had had major surgery, a cancer surgery on his face and he looked a bit scary and all his face was lopsided and his mouth didn't close properly and I can't imagine too many people would feel courageous enough to go and talk to him (coughs) and his wife but the dog did so she pulled us to them and what happened we spent at least half an hour talking to them and you know showing care and love and interest and hearing their story and we'll be meeting them again down the beach and have other opportunities to share with them You know, I think we human beings are at our very best when we do random acts of kindness in the name of Jesus Christ, knowing full well they'll not be known or ever applauded. You know, little things like a card of appreciation, you know, letting someone cut in on the traffic without giving them a rude sign. You know, especially, you know, a look, a word, a touch. Sometimes it just takes a little word, a touch, to communicate a massive amount of love. A wink and a smile, especially to someone who feels different or feels (coughs) separated by nationality or colour or religion. You know, whenever I see Muslim people, you know, walking down the beach or in a shopping centre, Robin and I both, you know... We'll give them a hello, a hi, you know, a wink, you know, say hello to the kids (coughs) and make them feel loved and accepted because a lot of people treat them like rubbish, like dirt (coughs) and they must feel really rejected and, yeah, devalued and... How else can we share Christ with them unless we show love to them? (coughs) My son was working with a Muslim girl in Woolworths packing, packing stuff and she got very, very ill, mentally ill and was put into hospital. And my son went and saw her and he said, can I pray for you? And he prayed for her, laid hands on her and prayed for her. He's a pastor in Murray Bridge Lifehouse. And he laid hands on her and prayed for her. This is before he was a pastor. And after he prayed for her, she said, My goodness, your God is a lot more powerful than my God. And they have, her family and my son's family have become very, very good friends. And she would love to be in church but sadly um, her brothers would probably kill her that's the tragedy and if it were not for her fear of her family um, her brother has already murdered one person and um, 
she knows that yeah she would be at the least rejected by family if not killed and um, but she's been touched by Christ she's been touched by the love of God so a wink and a smile that says I noticed you I care for you you're special to me you're special to God you're accepted here can just have incredible incredible impact on people's lives I shared with you last week how when we went to Port Hedland, uh, we went there because the church was close to collapse and the church um, just in 12 months more than tripled, became the second largest church in the city. And some of the people that came in, there was a, that I asked why they came and why they stayed. And there was this, Filipino lad, um, Johnji, Johnji and his partner Sheena, and they came to church and we greeted them and talked with them and welcomed them, and they were back again the next week, and they were back again the next week, and I said to Johnji and Sheena, I said, why, why did you come here and why did you come back to this church? And I asked Hannah, the lady who just had the baby, the same. And they all replied, when you spoke to us, we sensed that you genuinely loved us. Your eyes showed us you genuinely cared for us. That's why we came back here to this church. Isn't that amazing? When you love people, you genuinely love people, they know, they feel, they sense it and they know you're genuine. So at that moment when we reach out in love to damaged, broken persons or even unbroken, undamaged persons, you know, just through kind and caring eyes, we are at our very, very best. We're champions. But the single greatest gift that you can give another human being is an, uh, a sincere explanation of how God changes people's lives through Jesus Christ his son then you are painting the most glorious picture that any human being can paint for another precious person not only are you demonstrating that by loving what God loves you love God but you're opening the door to the greatest opportunity for a human being and that is the securing of their eternal um, salvation in Port Hedland, we had a phone call <coughs> and a guy, drug addict, alcoholic, just out of control young man and his fiancée asked if they could come and see us. His name is Reeson. Her name is Chantel. And Reeson Chantel came into our office, sat in our new big recliner chair and shared their story of how broken and wrecked they were but that God had spoken to them and they wanted to know more. So God called them to come to Port Hedland, uh, Hedland Christian Family Church and they sat down and talked about the occult influences in their life through family and the drug addiction and the alcoholism and the violence and <coughs> and 
we had the privilege of sharing Christ with them and praying for them, laying hands on Chantel and seeing her delivered from terrible demonic oppression. And then we had the privilege of baptizing them in one of the tidal creeks, even though there were the risk of bull sharks. Um, in a, and Reese is a keen fisherman. I, he took me out fishing. We caught eight sharks in about two hours. I mean, big sharks. It was very exciting. And it was in a tidal creek just like the one we were baptizing them in. And as I'm sharing about water baptism, Reese is going like that all the time. <coughs> I said, Reese, what were you looking around for? He goes, Ray, I catch, tidal, uh, catch um, big bull sharks in this tidal creek. I go, man, you didn't tell me that before we baptised you. <clears throat> but anyway, and, um, you know, Reese rings me up or sends me text messages about every three or four weeks, and um, he sees me like a dad. And, <clears throat> you know, just to see that couple's lives transformed, and they've just had a little baby girl as well. So, in conclusion... When you're doing what you're born to do and giving God the glory for it, that's when you're a champion. You know, that may mean being a successful businessman or a sportsman, a farmer, a pastor, a housewife or a mother. When you're doing what you were born to do and giving God the glory for it, <clears throat> that's when you're a champion. When you're relating lovingly to family and friends with a spirit of tender affection towards them, honouring parents, loving your spouse, bringing your children up in the knowledge and love of God. That's when you're a champion. When you're on your knees before God in submission, surrendering <coughs> and in worship and prayer, that's when you're a champion. When you display godly character, making godly choices when no one sees, that's when you're a champion. When you do random acts of kindness when no one's looking or no one will even know, that's when you're a champion. When you go for a walk down a street or meet someone in a park and tell them that God is real and that he cares and that you care, that's when you're a champion. When you give generously of your time, your finances and energy to help others to be fed, clothed, healed, comforted and to be introduced to Christ, that's when you're a champion. And so I'd encourage you to give of your time, your finances, your energy, your love, <coughs> you know, how? By relating to the champion, Jesus Christ, and releasing the champion within you. Every one of you is actually a champion. If you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the champion within you. You have his power within you. You are a champion. You might be a latent champion because you didn't realize that it's easy to be a champion. Just relate to him who's the champion and allow him to influence people through you and influencing people for Christ, bringing people to life and life eternal. Last scripture, Psalm 108 verse 13. With God's help, we will do mighty things. Psalm 108 verse 13. With God's help, we will do mighty things. We will be champions. In fact, 
We are champions. We are champions. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that your word makes it very, very clear that if anyone be in Christ, is a new creature, the old is passed away. Behold, everything has become new. So every person in this building who has asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Saviour is born again and has, has been transformed by Jesus Christ and has the champion of champions within and by faith can release the power of the champion, Jesus Christ, in and through their life and see themselves accomplishing the great feats of a champion and doing mighty things that champions do, loving God and loving people. And Father, the greatest thing we can do, the greatest example of being a champion is simply loving people and sharing Jesus Christ with them. Father, we thank you for our time together this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.